from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. We're a week away from Thanksgiving. Do you feel it? Can you feel it? Christmas music is playing everywhere you go. People are getting ready for holiday time. And here we are talking cybersecurity this time of year, like we do every single morning on the show. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. Go to our YouTube channel, subscribe to the Cyber Hub podcast there. Every follow, every five-star review helps boost us up in the ratings. And I'm very grateful for everyone tuning in and listening this morning. We're going to get right into this morning's show because we've got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about, especially strategically from a cybersecurity perspective. Not so much on the vulnerability and patching side, um, but really strategy, kind of wind is blowing in, in, in some places and, and not always in the best way. We'll talk about that on this morning's show. My double espresso, whatever you're drinking this morning, coffee cup cheers. One sip, everyone knows the rules. All right. Backstage, which for those who don't know, is an open platform for building developer portals. A lot of companies use it as a way to have a portal for their developers. Has now been affected by a critical vulnerability whose exploitation could have a serious impact on these targeted enterprises. Backstage, which was developed by Spotify, donated to the Cloud Native Computing Foundation, the CNCF, provides a catalog for managing oh, excuse me, all of the user software, software templates, makes it easier to create projects and open source plugins that can be used to expand uh, functionality among many others. Platform is used by companies like Netflix, American Airlines, DoorDash, Palo Alto, HP, Siemens, LinkedIn, and Booz Allen Hamilton. Backstage is affected by critical vulnerability related to a security hole found earlier this year in the popular sandbox library VM. Two, the VM2 flawed dubbed Sandbreak and tracked a CVE 2022-36067 can allow a remote attacker to escape the sandbox and execute arbitrary code on the host. What this essentially means, folks, is the following. Imagine getting an access to an entire code base. Microsoft has been dealing with this since SolarWinds in December of 2020. This is just as bad, if not worse, because this would have a whole slew of internal tools that may not make it to a Git library. If you're using the template engine, make sure there's um, a, a new release that's patched um, and um, there's some workarounds. Make sure you get those checked out. The Chinese are on the prowl this holiday season. They've set up 42,000 sites that trap users in brand impersonation schemes, some for malware, others for financial gain. The imposter domains are used as part of what appears to be a massive traffic generation scheme that creates ad revenue for Feng Zhao's own websites and more visitors and customers who purchase traffic from the group. According to a report, the threat actors are based out of China. They've been operating since at least 2017. They've spoofed over 400 renowned brands from retail banking, travel, pharmaceuticals, transport, financial, and the energy sectors. Examples given in the report include Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Noor, Unilever, Shopee, Emirates, and many, many more. And many fake sites feature extensive localization options. Uh, Feng Zhao's victims are redirected to sites that infect them with a triad of Trojan or other malware. However, a connection between the operators of these sites and Feng Zhao has yet to be really established. They generate massive traffic. I mean, this is one way, by the way, uh, you know, 
saw a great post by by um, by a few CISOs talking about you know being part of the business, and this is just that. Where is marketing spending money, and could that traffic that they're paying for be actually victimized here? This is a direct financial loss. It's fake traffic. You're paying. You think that people are seeing your ads, want to buy your product, want to do business with your organization, want to trust your brand, but at the end of the day, they're not. In some cases, the users are taken to a .top uh, domain or a .cn or .cu, like C and then the word U, XYZ, .work, .tech. The sites are hidden behind Cloudflare. They're registered with GoDaddy, Namecheap, and Wix which goes to talk about the entire supply chain here. Um, the landing domains redirect visitors to different survey domains, which in some cases download an app on the device. Um, and you can imagine where things go from there. So, um, you know, Fang Zhao is a Chinese operators. Um, they're using Mandarin on one of the exposed controlled panels. However, apart from email addresses, uh, there's nothing else to identify the threat actors, but you'd hope that other people reading this would, get in the game and, and, and put an end to these guys. The NSA is publishing guidance on mitigating software memory safety issues. The guidance by the NSA comes on how organizations implement protections against common software memory safety issues. Um, this one is specific since 70% of the issues blamed are, are memory issues, especially within Microsoft and Google. That's one of the common cause of vulnerability in many cases. According to the NSA, the first step towards eliminating memory safety issues is the use of programming language that's not inherently opening the door to these vulnerabilities, C and C++, which offer flexibility regarding the management of memory, rely heavily on the programmer for memory reference check. As such, even the smallest error may lead to exploitable vulnerabilities. You can read the whole uh, piece there from the NSA, but they're talking about uh, uh, C++, C++, uh, C++, you know, C-sharp, Go, Java, Ruby, Rust, and Swift. Uh, they're saying that's not going to eliminate it, but it's hardening a little bit more there as well. So make sure you kind of read this alert and kind of get a good grip on it. And I say that did some really good work here, by the way. And, and this is really goes kind of, kind of like a DevSecOps and AppSec mentality of how do you build a new app? How do you kind of improve and modernize your tech, your tech stack this is one great conversation to have with, with your CTO um, or, or your engineering team around how do we harden and make our organization secure from the ground up and not just after. Australia, in a bonehead move, wants to consider banning ransomware payments. Claire O'Neill, who happens to be the Minister for Foreign Affairs and Cybersecurity, is considering criminalizing extortion payments as part of the government's cyber strategy. I needed a moment for that. The announcement follows several large security incidents in the country, the latest being Medibank, one of the country's largest health insurance providers. All of the data uh, that was accessed would have been taken. I don't see how this stops ransomware, right? Like it won't because companies are going to find another way to pay this. They'll set up a offshore entity, that would pay ransomware that isn't coming from the Australian entity. The minister's comments come a day after she announced a new permanent joint standing operation between the Australian Federal Police and the Australian Signals Directorate, the country's cyber and signals intelligence agencies to tackle cyber crime. The new initiative would see 100 office days, day in, day out, hunt down the scumbags, allegedly her words, 
who are responsible for these malicious crimes against innocent people. This is a lady who's isolated all private public partnerships in Australia. Like I've spoken to a bunch of peers in Australia. They don't trust this lady. This lady's speaking out of her tail end. She is. The fact that she'd even consider criminalizing ransomware payments is a whole other issue altogether because you're just, the cyber criminals aren't going to go away. They're just going to find another way to get paid and companies are going to want to pay them to get their data back. So instead of promoting positive tech and, and, and an ecosystem of cooperation and hardening your environments against ransomware, she's just doing what every nonsensical government bureaucrat has ever done. Come up with a law and hold other people accountable. And if they don't do it, have them pay fines, threaten them with jail, and just render them useless. This Secretary of Cyber in Australia is absolutely useless. Useless to the cause. Happy to argue this. Chinese uh, hackers are targeting government agencies and defense organizations. The cyber espionage threat actor tracked as Billbug. Uh, has been running a campaign targeting a certificate authority, government agencies, and defense organizations in several countries in Asia as China looks uh, and is increasing military rhetoric towards a potential move on Taiwan. The operation has been documented for by multiple companies over the past six years. The latest research today says that they've been tracking them since 2018. They've targeted a certificate authority company, which allowed them to deploy signed malware to make it more difficult to detect or to decrypt their HTTPS traffic. Um, they haven't been able... Semantic, who's in charge of today's research, hasn't determined how Billbug gains initial access to the target networks, but they have seen evidence of this happening by exploding public-facing apps with known vulnerabilities. Uh, these tools help them get away with that, and as you can tell, China uh, continues to be on the thrall for this kind of stuff. Folks, that's it for our show today. We'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow. Until then, have a great rest of your day and most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.